This is a We Are On We production. Welcome back. Oh, Marty, oh, welcome fuck. back. Oh, you're a fucking prick. Welcome back to the On We Talk podcast. Hayden's here. How are we, Hayden? We good? We're good. I'm good. good. It's been a while. It has been a while. Maybe not for the people listening, but for you and me, it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. I... Who, who knew at university you have to do work? No, exactly. Who knew? Who knew that it required such long long hours of study and, and yeah. whatnot? Not a fan. It reminded me of all the things I hated about school. <laughs> so, Hayden, this episode, I wanted to sort of like go off what we did last time, how we talked about Omni TV or Enui TV, as a few people have been referring to it as. And I wanted to talk about <laughs> what we get... <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to talk about... You look so defeated when you said that. I know. Oh, yeah, I put my camera on. I forgot about that. Anyway, what we talked about... One one thing we talked about last time was we felt the natural progression of a second channel would be... Of Ennui would be to make it... That was just a, a horrible explanation. To create a gaming channel. That's what we felt like was the natural progression, correct? Yeah, yeah. Because you and Chris and Brad all play games. Yeah. You guys you you guys are gamers. Opposed to me, like I'm more of a casual casual gamer. You guys are much more into the the culture of it, aren't you? Yeah, well, for us, I mean, you know, we grew up playing games. That's part of the reason why we're such good friends. No, exactly. It's a very it's a very communal thing for you guys. And I know all three of you also watch people play games on YouTube, which seems ridiculous, doesn't it? Like you think about that concept watching people play games it's a it's a strange concept and a lot of people talk about it a lot but i mean it's really no different from watching people play football or anything like that it's just no. so much easier and less expensive for them to do that <laughs> no you're exactly right but it's, it's not strange it's a strange it's a very strange um section of entertainment it really I is mean, it is so easily that we could be in a a present time where that didn't happen where youtube like imagine if youtube didn't take off then that whole aspect um of internet culture wouldn't be a thing but i'm so glad it is no well so am i because it's it's created it's just created a new i don't know like it's it's a new it's a new platform a new for platform. you know for for comedy for entertainment expression drama it's created mm. so many new jobs like you think about it YouTube, like gaming on YouTube and Twitch, we'll discuss Twitch in the situation as well. It's given many, many people full-time jobs. A lot of a lot of gamers are very, very wealthy. Mm, yeah, like Twitch, like the whole um, the whole subscription of five dollars, which has become a like you think about it, people won't subscribe to different services for five dollars. On we now, by the way, guys, if you if you feel like giving us a buck, sick plug, sick plug right there. But like you think about it. There are so many because that's the default. It's default of of subscribing to a channel for five dollars, and you don't get that. Like you get little things, but I don't. You don't get like exclusive content, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, like traditional, like traditional services do. But with with Twitch, yeah. Twitch subscription and Patreon, I'll I'll mention in the in the conversation as well. The whole aspect of supporting people on those platforms it's it's crazy, isn't it? Because you're not getting much out of it in return. Like, you're getting a bit, but 
being able to support your favorite creators has it does it's crazy how it's allowed so many people to create a living off it 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 is a very i don't know it's a very unique situation um because like i said before it's no different to you know watching someone play football or even like going to a comedy show and paying for tickets you know um, and the thing is that it provides a new platform via advertisement and all that sort of stuff for people to, you know, create these venues online. Um, and you're talking about the whole subscription, you know, compared to traditional subscriptions. I mean, like you, you consider it, you pay $5 a month um, for Twitch, right? And that guarantees you like full access to witness, you know, someone play games creatively or make you laugh or whatever. And, you know, in the past, if like subscriptions consisted of things like magazines and stuff like that, um, you know, and in which case every month you'd be guaranteed a new issue um, of content that you liked. Like it's really no different. The thing that a lot of people have trouble with is it's hard to justify $5 a month because especially on Twitch, because it's a bit volatile. Like there's no guarantee that, um, you know, a content creator will stream every single day that they'll stream for as long as they usually do. Like for instance, Sips last year at some point, he creates a lot of videos on YouTube and he just, he just stopped all of a sudden. And I forget what the reason was. I think he was spending a lot of time in Bristol with the other Yogscast members and he just stopped producing content on his main channel. Um, which isn't something you'd see in like a traditional job. People don't just like, if people stop, then they don't get an income. You know, so there's, there's that constant drive for self-employed people to do that. And it's the same thing with um, YouTube content creations, but, you know, obviously some people are part of networks and so they can afford to do things like that. A lot that of people can't. No, but I understand, I, know, I understand exactly where you're coming from. You've got to give people a reason to subscribe or support you with, with money because, like, you see so many small... Like, I've... I was looking at a... It was a commentary channel. About 100,000 hmm. subscribers. A decent a decent following. And a, like, and you look at his Twitter, etc. Quite decent interactions. But he's only... He's got less than 200 people supporting on Patreon. Now, there's another... But there was another channel called... Hmm. It's called Loading Ready Run, I believe it is. They've been making videos for a, quite a few years. Maybe like 2003, 2004. And they haven't even hit 100,000 subscribers. But they're making about... And I'm just going to double check this because I don't want to get this wrong. But they've got a few thousand, a few thousand people donating. My wow. Patreon is just loading for me now. They've got less than two thousand people, but they're getting eleven and a half thousand per month. Like that yeah. is a quite a lot of money. Like he times that. So that's 138 a year. Obviously, that doesn't support like a whole. They got about eight people in their thing in their little on their channel, working on with their company. But they also do other stuff as well. But I think it's only like four of them are full-time. Yeah. But that's less than 100,000 subscribers. I believe it's like 80 or 90,000 that they have. And it's, yeah, it's crazy, crazy that like supporting people, like how you did, if you just create that sense of community, if you give them that, if you create a sense of value, it doesn't matter how much, how big you are or even necessarily how much content you put out, does it? Yeah, not at all. Because there, there is that idea. Like I said before, it's driven by um, ad revenue. Hmm. Like it has been from, well, I guess when they introduced ads and whatnot. 
and like most websites are based on that. But a special thing about things like this, as well as um, what do you call them, like Indiegogo campaigns, mm. all those other startup websites, is that you sort of produce an idea um, that people are interested in and that they want to continue seeing or they want to see be developed. And it's that like you know sense of interest which drives these alternative sources of income, which is people's donations and whatnot. And it's interesting because it, it means that you don't have to be um, incredibly successful. Like you don't have to be viral. You don't have to be widely recognized in order to actually, um, you know, get the means to make some content. If you've just got some dedicated um, people that are really interested and value the content you're creating, um, in most cases, that's enough to inspire you to keep creating. Exactly. A lot of people rely on the whole ad revenue whether that is, well, YouTube primarily, but it's something you can't rely on anymore. It's not as big as it used to be, but I would rather sort of, you know, play a bit of the long game. And that's what I'm sort of doing. Like, obviously the ad revenues will be there, but I'd rather rely on creating a community and creating those dedicated fans. There's this whole and I think that's, I think that's the, the best yeah. thing. Like, when you are a content creator who is making things like comedy, you know, and entertainment... Your, your goal is to make people feel happy, right? Is to create, like, you know, have people appreciate what you're creating um, because you, you guys have got a sense of commonality, you know? You have a, a common sense of humor and that sort of stuff. And so your goal from the outset shouldn't be to make a crap ton of money and get a huge following. It should rather be to create a nice community, you know, a community of people with common interests, um, you know, and a sense of devotion, you know? No, exactly. And like, obviously that includes strategies of getting as many people's eyes on your content as possible, but it's yeah. how you treat it from there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, obviously the thing is you could have something that's very, very good, very, um, what do you call it? Relatable. But if no one ever sees it, then pe you know, naturally people are not going to be able to follow it because they will never have found it. So yeah, there needs to be, um, of course there needs to be some strategy involved to get people to notice it for some people that's just getting viral other people that's advertising in most cases it's going to be advertising because mm -hmm. it's tough it's, it's a very saturated industry exactly it's a di there's a different way it feels you can appeal, you appeal different to people in different ways because people mm -hmm. find different things in different ways anyway i wanted to well i wanted to veer back onto the path of the gaming channel because we've discussed this before and we'd been wanting to make it but you know, we've got to if we, when we if we make a gaming channel, it needs to be. We need to have a sufficient amount of content on it. So, like, yeah, you know, if, absolutely. Like, so, like, in my head, I feel like at least Brad, because I feel like Brad can be and probably should be sort of the one of the main faces of the gaming channel. Even you, I've always had this vision of you and Brad, but even and even Chris as well. I have visions of me and Brad. Do. You? Is that before I go to bed? Was that okay? Um, and, fuck you, fuck you. No, but, and you know how I see things. Like I see it as mm. I like to see it as more of of a like a network of channels, not just a company's YouTube channels. I like to see it as programming rather than just a YouTube channel. So I sort of want the channel to be sort of programming based and like obviously you can we can work around that like it's just how you do it like i feel 
sort of it's just like how how you go about it. Like achievement hunter and channels like that, like I'm just trying to think. Even the game grumps to an extent, they've created sort of programming for the channel. Even if they're like I f- we need to frame it the right way because it's a very oversaturated market. You can't just upload, oh, this is part one, part two, part three of my walkthrough of some game that's just come out. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like everybody does that. Yeah. Yeah. And it was something that I think I spoke of last time. Day nine does it very well, or at least used to. He had a very strict um, guideline where he'd be doing StarCraft videos of a different form each day. And so subscribers would come uh, become used to expecting, you know, a fun day Monday. Uh, God, I don't know what the rest of them were. I think it was like, I think Fridays and Saturdays were like a free day where he sort of did whatever he wanted. But yeah, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, he'd always have a specific type of video for fans to look forward to. He framed that very well. He really, yeah. he really did. From what on his, I'm just looking at his channel right now, and his current schedule is Monday is his mostly walking series with his two friends. Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. Thursday, he plays Hearthstone. Wednesday, he plays, he plays Dota, and Tuesday and Friday, he plays, he does Let's Plays. He doesn't make it very specific. Now, if I look around, Funday Monday, that so he definitely played Hearthstone those days. Is that correct? Or was it no? It uh, was no. It Starcraft. was Starcraft. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. he's and he's well, he's he's on five hundred thousand, and I feel like he's created one of the be- better communities that I've seen. Like obviously, not all five hundred the five hundred thousand of the subscribers are going to watch every single video because it's a very like how many times does he upload a day? It like two. He probably would upload yeah, on, on his channel two, two a week. Videos. Yeah, it's a. Like, I'm just looking. His last five videos were posted in the last 13 hours, which is quite a lot. But yeah. he's created a community where quite a few of them are going to watch his videos. Like, it doesn't have to be hundreds of thousands of people. Like, yeah. that's the big thing I think people get that get into people's heads. See, a big thing for Day9 in particular is he sort of, you know, uh, gained... What's the, what's the word? popularity through live events you know he was it was a shoutcaster to begin with and he likes commentating on those sort of things and then when when he got involved with twitch it was that very same thing and his shows have always been like that in fact all these the majority of his youtube videos are just cuts from his live streaming Hmm. and the thing about that is when you live stream you have this interaction with your community and that's part of what keeps his community so strong is because he's always you know interacting with them um, and actually getting involved with them. And so I feel his focus um, group is, is Twitch and people who watch him on Twitch. Okay, and that's where I, he puts a lot of his energy. A lot of the, yeah, a live start. Like there's not, like for example, PewDiePie, he's not a, he could, you can't even call him a gaming YouTuber anymore. That's a bad example. But a lot of YouTubers support their YouTube content with live. Not mm. not even just gamers. Like, there's a lot of people who do, like, you know, you now streaming and different stuff like Periscope, et cetera, et cetera. Twitch has helped Day9 incredibly. He would not be as big as... Vers- like, he, I feel like he'd be lost in the... He'd be lost in it all because he's he's very... Um, he's very um, niche with his content. Yeah. Like, it's not... It's niche, but it's not. Like, obviously, many, many people play StarCraft and, and Hearthstone. But a lot of them... They like that Twitch. Like I don't know. I don't know what it is. I he has. He has the thing about him. I think p- 
part of what defines his, um, you know, the interest that people have in him is one, he's very, very funny and has a very solid um, attitude and personality. But in addition to that, he, you know, he, he's, he's a programmer and he has designed games and he has a very, very good sense of game design. And so when he's playing, not only does he give like very funny and entertaining commentary, but he also has very insightful um, ideas and sort of explains the mechanisms within the game. And he can mm. sort of talk that through with people and think about, get, get people to think about um, game design mechanics, how things could be different, you know, the implications of like design choices by game developers. He provides, you know, the very the technical side balanced with a comedy side. It's and, and not, not said, a lot of it's a niche, it's it. a niche market. Not many people do that. It's not even the yeah. It's not even the game itself because obviously, many many people play the same game. But for example, the way the Yogs cast would go about playing a game is very different to how PewDiePie would play a game, or different mm. to how even Day Nine would play a game. It's and it's all it's gaming is very on YouTube and Twitch is very personality based. And I think that's Absolutely. under, it's under, a val- like, it's not really valued, like, how, like, how hard that is. It's, like, yeah. it's really hard to do that. A lot of, it's, it's quite different on Twitch. If you're a sole Twitch streamer, what what attracts a lot of people is skill, mainly. That's another thing Day9 has, is a lot of inherent skill. But I've seen a lot of Twitch streamers where they have no personality at all. Like, they're just very focused on the game and you'll be sitting there for an hour and they'll have had one conversation with the audience and the rest of it has just been pure 100% focus and so for a lot of people for instance League of Legends you know players they want to just get better and better at playing the game become more skillful and part of that is watching um, very skilled players highly skilled players perform live and so for those very very talented league of legends players or dota players they'll stream on twitch and you know their their viewers are more than happy to pay subscriptions or do whatever to continue just watching that purely to be exposed to the skill as opposed to personality whereas on youtube you know you can you can have tutorials on how to get better you can have instructional videos but i think it's harder to maintain a community without a sense of you know a solid personality no, you're, and you're exactly right. I did. So I did have a question of. I don't know. Just got, no, but no, you are exactly right. Like, yeah, I can't. Remember, I can't. I can't remember where I was going to go from there. But I did have a Solid. question. Do you think it makes sense to, or do you think it can work to go live on Twitch with a show or with a with you playing games and upload it to YouTube and have it make sense? As in, yeah, a lot of like because it works in some platform on some platforms. Like for example, radio to podcast, it works on occasion. But do you think it translates well from the from the two different platforms, like from live to pre-recorded? Like obviously, um, there's the the video on demand aspect of of Twitch. Do you think a lot of people go back and watch those streams? I I think a lot of people do. A lot of people who watch. Um, Twitch streamers excuse, uh, exclusively, like people that just use Twitch don't even consider YouTube. Obviously, you know, they'll use VODs all the time. But um, and it, it can translate well. It really depends on how the content creator deals with what's going on. Mm. You'll watch a lot of Sips' uh, past streams and 
um, he has like a text to speech thing. And when someone donates, it'll read a message out loud. Mm. Um, and because when you watch a video, like a, a pre-recorded video on YouTube, um, something that's been taken from Twitch to YouTube, you're missing out on the interaction with the community. You're not seeing all of the uh, text that's coming through. Do you think that promotes with, people with the to text go back? To, speech. to go yeah, to, yeah, to def- tune definitely. in live, I mean, sorry? Definitely. Unless, um, um, only if there's like no reference to it. Because it, it sometimes you'll be watching, you'd be interested to see what people are saying at the time. Mm. But, you know, that doesn't happen if the content creator, um, you know, addresses the chat often. Like, mm. Day9 always does. He, he'll stop. Um, in the middle of a move on Hearthstone and he'll be like, oh, okay, let's look at some questions. He'll say, oh, okay, so this person has said this and then he'll start going over his explanation and he's got a continual interaction with the audience. Interesting. And that's how a lot of them, it's, yeah, it's the interaction that keeps people there for the live stuff, definitely. It's a different feel when you just, when it's just all pre-recorded. Like, as, like obviously Game Grumps are one of the biggest examples of pre That's pre-recorded gameplay. Mm. But that's all based on the interaction. If it was just one person, if it was just one of them, it probably wouldn't be as good. It definitely no, wouldn't be as good. Like doing, yeah, what the Game Grumps have is because they, they have two very funny people, very talented people who are just enjoying playing a game together. And it's entertaining to watch that. Um, and when you when you do it, when you play a game by yourself, you have to be very creative if you intend to entertain an audience. I, I think Sips is very good at this. Um, Shin as well, he's very good at this. And they do it in very different ways. Like Sips, he'll create a narrative out of whatever game he's playing. Mm. Like if you watch, you watch him play a game and then you go and try and play that game, it will not be as fun. No. <laughs> because he'll give personalities to all the characters, um, you know, and he'll he'll create consequences that are not inherently in the game you know if you if you if you're playing a game and you're given a dog mm. right and, it, and the, its function is to just hunt right then you don't really care you know if it dies then okay you can't you can't use that dog to hunt anymore but if you give that dog a backstory and say that it was like you know your character's only friend and you know without it your character would be lost and then that dog dies if you play along with that narrative it's it's wholly upsetting Oh god, yeah, so it's much a, more upsetting. It's adapting it. <laughs> and that, it's a, it's adapting it to, and that's something that yeah. you have to be able to do, especially if you're a solo content creator. Is you need to be able to give a storyline and, you know, engage the audience in the game you're playing as well as yourself. You know, you I, when I play games, I, mm. I'll sit there for hours and I won't I won't say a damn word. <laughs> but if someone was watching, it's not really entertaining. No, exactly. So well, like if we so if with our gaming channel, which we've I don't know if I've mentioned, but I want to call it Only Play Only Players because I feel like we can because Only Games could obviously be a a studio for creating games, which is a, which is a yeah. long term. Make sure you get those demands. Yes. <laughs> anyway, I feel like we'd be very it'd at least be two people playing for like the channel would be at least two personalities. Now, yeah. would if we went ahead with this and it's like let's say we're all full time. Let's say we're all full time. Mm-hmm. Do you think it should be live programming that is put as video on demand on YouTube? Should it be all pre-recorded, or should it be a mixture of both? And what sort of um, mixture of both? It should definitely be a mixture of both. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think at the outset, it really depends on how much uh, h- how the channel's preloaded. If mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, if you've got a very lively community on the main channel, 
mm. right? Um, and then you create this satellite channel, the gaming channel, then you know that community that you've built up around the main channel are likely to check out the gaming channel. Mm. And so you're already guaranteed a fair base, you know, a fair audience. Exactly. And so if you've given that, then live content is fine. You're not going to get very many viewers, but as it gets thrown to the YouTube channel, um, there's more interest generated for it. You'll be able to do live streaming videos. But the problem is often you, you're not given that preload. So what will have to happen at the outset is there'll have to be mostly um, pre-recorded material to get people interested in series, get people familiated with um, the personalities because the personality that Brad will have will be completely different to his personality in Marty's In That Show. No, exactly. And or even you, the podcast. You as well. even, yeah, and yeah, the, yeah, exactly. And, and Chris, like, you know, when, you, when you're all playing video games, it's your real personality. It's not, you know, uh, uh, it's not defined by the character that Brad has to play in Marty's Internet Show or anything like that. So, yeah, you, you, it'll have to begin with pre-recorded episodes, series, that sort of stuff. And then if there's enough um, support behind it, then you branch out to live um, uh, into live streaming. Mm. I don't. I don't think it's a good idea ever to just launch a channel by live streaming, unless you're very talented um, and very skilled in games. No. Yeah. No, I think you're exactly right. What? I'm, but I, I feel yeah. like live streaming should be the end goal um, of a lot of content creators. It really depends on the type of content creator you are. Um, but it's it's just a very nice thing because when you when you make content to make people happy, you sort of want to make a community around it you know you want to make a huge network of uh, friends and people that you can communicate with and so the most direct way to do that by doing something that they're interested in is through live streaming this has been a we are on we production head to on we.tv for more